2: we are back welcome to the 2023 edition of the road to 272 bets here on the bacon bets podcast if you aren't familiar there are 272 nfl regular season games i'll be betting on all 272 games starting this week week one it's been a long summer it's been a long off season football's back I do have some things i got to go over before I get into my picks for this week, but my picks are officially locked in 16 games, 16 bets. This is the fourth time that I'm doing the road to 272 bets. Previously, it used to be the road to 256 before the NFL decided to add an extra week of the regular season to make my job even more difficult. And If you're wondering how I've done up to this point, uh, heading into year four of the road to 272 bets, uh, I am profitable. First two years. Profitable last year was a losing here. We got to get back on track. So uh, just for transparency purposes, I will go through my records here in 2020. I went 130, 119 and seven. 2021, I went 151, 120 and one for plus 25.47 units or 2020 was plus 5.79 units. Last year went 128, 135, and 9 for losing minus 12.32 units. So my total heading into year four of the road to 272 bets is 409 wins, 374 losses, and 17 pushes for plus 18.94 units. Uh, And I have laid down some ground rules for this year's uh, edition ...of the road to 200, 272 bets, in which, by the way, I will mention, if you're looking at me right now, you are watching this on YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe to the channel, like the video for the first time ever. Uh, I'm bringing you video editions, video episodes, and actually written versions of this podcast. So I do get some people who reach out to me on a weekly basis every year that I do this. They say, I'm too busy, uh, I can't uh, listen to the whole podcast, but I want to know your picks. Well, if you want to be lazy... Uh, then you can go over to fansided.com slash betsided and I will have the written version of this podcast. It won't be as in-depth, um, but you will get all 16 of my picks uh, in that article. And what you won't get is my Survivor Pick of the Week and Teaser Bet of the Week, both which will be podcast exclusive. Uh, if you listened last year, you know that uh, I went a little bit deep in the Survivor Pool. To be fair, it was my girlfriend's entry, but we went deep in the Survivor Pool, tasted the grand prize of, I think it was $25,000. Uh, it is Joe Ostrowski's Survivor Pool. I've had some people ask me what Survivor Pool I was in last year. They want to join because it is open to the public. You can follow him at Joe Ostrowski. You should be following him anyways. Uh, I think you just send him a DM, and I think he can email you the invite. To join into this Survivor pool. I think it's $50 buy-in. And obviously if you don't know Survivor, you pick a team every week to win. If they win, you advance to the next week. But uh, every time you pick a team, you can't use that team again. I think the grand prize last year was uh, $25,000. I think we made it to the final seven or eight. Won a couple hundred bucks, but uh, taste of the grand prize. Didn't quite get it. So this year, the goal is to actually win. So I got Survivor Pick of the Week. I got Teaser Bet of the Week. And then my best bet for all 16 games and I will also be giving you at the very end of the podcast I'll just let you know which one are my five favorite ones out of these 16 plays so let's go over some ground rules and then we're gonna jump right into my best bets for week one I am ecstatic I'm so excited to be back football season is the best fall is the best I can't wait I, this, is v, this is V2 This is V of the bacon costume. If you're watching this on YouTube, the original one, which is uh, I wore my cover art. I lost it in one of my moves in New York, so I had to order a new one. This is now the second edition <laughs> bacon costume. Um, all right, let's go over some rules. Rule number one is the most obvious. I will place one bet on all 272 games. There are 272 regular season games. I will bet on every single one. Rule number two, all 272 bets placed will be one unit flat bet so i'm not betting to win a unit i'm betting one flat unit no two unit plays no half unit plays whether it's a favorite underdog total doesn't matter one flat betting unit i will not tell you what my unit size is uh rule number three a bet will be on a spread total money line underdog or i'm adding this year player prop now i have found out uh a problem with betting on player props is that when i lock in my picks on monday night because i do intend on recording these podcasts monday night and releasing them tuesday morning player props aren't uh widely available for that week's games uh so i have no player props week one i don't know how i'm going to address this issue i don't know if maybe once the season gets rolling they'll release player props with lines i doubt that's going to be the case maybe i'll just have to say i'm going to take like an over on a rushing total and then whatever that total ends up being is what i'm going to have to roll with i don't know uh, I'm gonna have to revisit that, but uh, main part of that rule is no money line favorites. So uh, I can bet on favorites, obviously, to cover the spread. I will not be betting on any favorites on the money line. That's cheating. That's an easy way out. Uh, rule number four: I must place at least one money line underdog de- bet each week. Um, rule four point five: As an ambulance goes by or a cop or something, you're gonna hear sirens in the background. I live in New York City. It's all part of the fun. Rule number five, all bets will be placed at regulated sports books. This is a little bit of a new rule as well. Last few years, I was placing some bets at offshore books. That gets that gets a little bit, um, I don't want to say sketchy, but people DM me and they'll ask, hey, you got a good line or got good odds. Where'd you get that bet at? And I have to try to direct them to an offshore sports book. I don't want to do that. So I'm limiting myself to regulated sports books, and I'm limiting myself to regulated sports books in New York. That is the state that I currently live in. So those are the sports books I have at my disposal. Those are off the top of my head BetMGM, DraftKings, Caesar Sportsbook, FanDuel, PointsBet, BetRivers, WinBet, I think. No Bet 365. That's not available in New York. For the formerly known as Barstool Sportsbook, now gonna be ESPN Bet. Uh, that's not in New York, so some of the regulated sports books I do not have access to. I'll be using the ones that are regulated in New York. Rule number three: All bets will be tracked on my Betstamp account. If you download the app Betstamp or go to the website, you can follow me at Ian same as my Twitter handle I A I N M A C B E T S T S. Those are all verified. When I lock in my bet. Um, I click it on the BetStamp app. The only thing is you won't be able to see uh, my verified bets until after the the week concludes. Uh, That way you have to at least consume some of my content in order to get my picks. You can't just go to my BetStamp account. But they are all placed at the same time I actually place them and it will show that uh, after the game is completed It then shows all the bets kind of in hindsight and whether they won or lost. So you can track my bets. You can look at my record and everything there over on my BetStamp account. Uh, And I do want to say a disclosure, I'm not a professional better. I know a lot of people out there in the sports betting space, um, a couple of them are professional bettors, most of them who claim to be professional bettors are not, that's very easy to tell. Uh, I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to claim that I'm a professional better. I don't, uh, my income is not based on whether I win or lose. Um, I bet for entertainment, and I do bet to try to win, but really my goal is to walk away not uh, not down money. If I can walk away even at the end of the season, then in my opinion, that's free entertainment. Because I bet because it makes it more fun to watch the games. I enjoy handicapping games and trying to bet on the right side of it. And if through a whole season long, if I can get from start to finish without losing money, uh, then basically I just got myself free entertainment. So I'm not a professional better. I do want to make that clear. Never tr- never try to claim a professional better. I'm not. Um, what else do we got here? I think that's it. I think I've gone through the necessary disclosures. I've told you the rules. I've told you my past records. I've told you where you can track my bets. All 16 week one plays are locked in. Let's get into it. It is time for the NFL week one of the 2023 NFL season. Road to 272 bets. Let's get it started. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor! And it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws! More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle.
1: More bacon than the pan can handle. handle.
2: All right, let's get it rolling here. Don't worry. I'm not going to force you to look at me in a bacon costume for the entire show. Um, That was just for the intro. Maybe that'll be my intro costume uh, throughout the season. We will see. Uh, But let's start with NFL opening night. I can't wait. Uh, As I'm recording this Monday night, so we're what, uh, 24, 48? Oh, boy. 96 hours away. From the start of the, I definitely didn't do that math correct, but we're a couple days away from the opening kickoff of the season. I can't wait. We got Kansas City Chiefs, we got Detroit Lions, and I actually think this is one of the toughest games of the opening weekend slate to handicap. Uh, I went back and forth on this one a number of times. I looked at the total. Like I said earlier, I couldn't really find player props to bet. Um, so I did side uh, settle on a side Um, And I'm going to go with the Chiefs minus six, minus 105 for my first bet of the 2023 season. The road to 272 bets begins with Chiefs minus six and a half at minus 105. Now, if you have listened to past editions of the road to 272 bets, you're probably aware that I do generally bet. I bet against the Chiefs more than I bet on them because uh, they have been a subpar spread bet. Uh, if you aren't aware, yes, they've won Super Bowls. Yes, they win a lot of games. But actually, dating back to 2020, they're only 26-32-1 and against the spread. They're actually not very good at covering the spread. Uh, so you shouldn't be afraid to bet against the Chiefs when it comes to uh, a spread bet. Uh, and I do want to mention it's week one. So I don't have any stats from this season, obviously, to go off of. It makes week one very difficult. So really week one is based on kind of my off-season evaluation of these teams um, and a couple of other factors so i am going to repeat some things that i said in my nfl season preview episode of the podcast which you can go back and listen to i released um about a month ago i think is at the start of august uh, i apologize for that but I, I usually i'm a stats guy but week one of the season we don't have any stats to kind of go off of here um, now the lions had the worst defense uh in my opinion and backed by a lot of metrics last season I know they did add some pieces. They added Cameron Sutton. They added C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I don't know if that's enough to make up the ground uh, that they would need to make up to face uh, Patrick Mahomes, kind of keep him in check. So Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense, if the Lions, unless the Lions defense is significantly improved from last year, they should have an absolute field day. So then the question actually comes down to is the Lions offense going to be good enough to keep pace with the Chiefs offense? They arguably were probably good enough last year. Probably not even arguably. I mean, by a lot of metrics, they were top five offense last year. And I think I said this in the season preview episode uh, of the podcast. I have more faith in the Lions offense taking a step backward than I do the Lions defense taking a significant step forward. So I don't think the Lions offense is going to be able to keep um, Holmes and company in check here. Dead last in opponent yards per play last season gave up 6.2 yards per play. 30th in opponent points per play at 0.397. Like I said, they have been they have improved. I'll give them that. I don't think they've improved enough, though. I think the six and a half point spread is going to scare a lot of people. And also, generally, my strategy in week one of the season is I'm going to be betting against teams that I think the hype around them kind of got over uh out of hand through the throughout the offseason. I'm going to bet on teams. Whatever the opposite of hype is, uh, kind of got out of hand as well. So I think the Lions is one team that I think the the hype has kind of gotten out of hand a little bit with this team. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, minus six and a half. Did get minus 105 odds on that um, as well. I will say it's not going to move. At this point, point, the opening lines for week one are, are not going to move unless there's a major injury. Throughout the season because I'm going to be recording on Monday night, we're probably going to see movement between Monday and Sunday. Um, I will usually let you know what I would play a spread to. In this case, like I would say, if it goes to seven and a half, I wouldn't play the Chiefs, but unless, you know, a major Lions player gets hurt or something, it's not going to move to seven and a half. Uh, So Chiefs minus six and a half minus 105 for the first bet of the road to 272 bets. Moving on to Sunday slate, we're going to move on to the Ravens against the Texans, the biggest spread of the week. And uh, you might think I'm going to back the Texans here to cover a double digit point spread in week one, but no, I'm actually going to take the Ravens laying double digit points is scary uh, in week one. Cause you don't really know what each team is crazy things happen in week one. There usually is one huge upset in week one, but I don't care because I think this is an absolute nightmare matchup for the Texans in week one. Cause don't forget, they have a rookie quarterback starting CJ Stroud and they have a rookie head coach in D'Amico Ryan. So they go up against a team that has always done, at least under uh, Jim Harbaugh, they've always done well in week one. Actually dating back to Harbaugh's debut with Ravens in 2007? Uh, 11-4 against the spread in week one since taking over as the Ravens head coach. So they've historically always done extremely well. And a lot of those were big wins too, double-digit wins. So then you have C.J. Stroud, who did not look good in preseason, has to go up against a defense that I think is going to be a top-10 defense, at, at at worst a top-10 defense, potentially a top-5 defense in the Ravens. Um, and then you have a head coach making his pro debut against one of the very best head coaches in the NFL, one who specifically does well in the opening week of the season. So I think it's a bad, bad, bad matchup for the, for the Texans in week one. I like the Ravens. I'm not going to be too afraid here of laying the... Uh, double digit points i'll take a minus 10 minus 110 against the texans moving on to my beloved atlanta falcons who it's a new age it's a new era for the atlanta falcons um this might have been the toughest game for me to decide who to bet on because i try my very best to leave my biases out of my picks i wanted to take the falcons i thought a three and a half point spread is a tough number to back though like if it was le- if it was less than that magic number of three, then yeah, sure, I would take the Falcons. But at three, not not just three, but three and a half. But then he got Bryce Young. How is he going to look in his uh, professional debut here in the regular season? So I'm doing what I probably shouldn't do, and I'm going to bet on the total. And uh, for those of you who haven't listened the past few years, I'm I'm not good at totals. That's one of the reasons why I added player props in as a possibility this year because I've not done well in totals at all. I do much better betting underdog money lines and spreads. But I I just can't I could not decide which side of the spread I like. And I actually do like the total here in this one. I like the under. Under 39 and a half at minus 110 between the Panthers and the Falcons. I've been hyping up the Falcons all season season long. I will admit that. So you would think because I hyped them up so much that I'd be willing to get them back them to cover three and a half point spread, but it's a tough one. That number is tough. Not only do we have unknowns with how Bryce Young is going to perform, but even though we saw him four times last year, a couple of unknowns with Desmond Ritter. Now, one thing, though, uh, that I will say when I was hyping up the Falcons on my podcast on various radio shows and other streams and podcasts over the offseason is the additions that they made on defense. They didn't go out and sign the sexiest, shiniest uh, free agents on defense, but they got some guys that are going to fill in some gaps to fix a unit that was one of the worst in the NFL last year. Uh, Most notably, a kind of one sexy name, Jesse Bates, safety from the Bengals. That was a huge signing for them. But then other guys like Bud Dupree, David Onyamata, Elias Campbell. They got some nasty vets, some proven players to plug in a lot of gaps they had on the defensive end. So I think their defense is going to be much improved this year. And then the Panthers defense did not do well in the second half of the season last year. But I still think their Panthers defense is a very underrated unit, uh, maybe even underperformed last year. So I kind of like both defenses for both teams. I don't have a lot of faith in Bryce Young coming out hot. And then the Falcons offense, we know they're going to run the ball a ton uh, and probably kind of ease Desmond Ritter into the season. That should do, uh, that should lend towards them killing clock a little bit. So I'm going to take the under 39 and a half. I think it's going to be a little bit of a defensive battle between the Panthers and the Falcons. Moving on, we got another uh, NFC South team. We got the Buccaneers playing in week one against the Vikings. The fraudulent Vikings. So I actually said uh, on the previous show that I felt last year, the Vikings underperformed and overperformed at the same time. But in this game, a six-point spread, too much for me to lay. I'm going to take the Buccaneers plus six and minus 110 in this one. Another situation where a lot of people are low on the Buccaneers. They're selling their stock on the Buccaneers. And yes, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Buccaneers are going to be a playoff team, but I think they're going to be better than people think i think they're gonna be like late in the season still i mean maybe even be in the mix for the nfc south if that division is gonna be as bad as a lot of people think i'm gonna say something crazy i don't think baker mayfield is a massive drop off compared to last year's version of tom brady now you're gonna hear that and you're gonna say ian you think baker Mayfield is almost as good as tom brady no i don't let's call it like it is there's a reason tom brady retired He didn't have it last year. He played well. They threw the ball a ton, so his stats look pretty decent. But he missed a lot of throws last year. Baker Mayfield. I will say, I'm, I'm a Baker Mayfield apologist. I like Baker Mayfield. I don't know why, but I still think in the right situation he can succeed. I don't think you go from the last year's version of Tom Brady thinking the Buccaneers are a Super Bowl contender to just because now that they have Baker Mayfield think they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. They're going to be worse, yes, but not a massive drop-off. Not a big enough drop-off to be 6-point underdogs to the Vikings in Week 1. They still have Mike Evans, they still have Chris Godwin. Their defense is a solid unit. Most notably, they ranked ninth in the NFL last season in opponent yards per pass attempt. And the Vikings' defense, let's not forget how bad that unit was last year. Now, I do think the Vikings' defense is going to get a lot better because they got Brian Flores in. He'll be the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. But this is the defense that ranked 30th, third last in the NFL last year in opponent yards per play. Not good. If you're going to rank 30th in opponent yards per play, um, I'm not laying six points on you in week one the next season. So I will take the Buccaneers plus six in their week one game against the Vikings. Next up, we got an AFC South battle. I feel like these two teams play every single year in week one. Uh, A couple of years ago, the Jaguars won... I believe it was one game all year. I think their only win was in week one against the Colts, if I remember correctly. Uh, But this year, it's a very different Jaguars team and a very different Colts team. I'll take the Jaguars. Minus four and a half, minus 110 against the Indianapolis Colts. Very high on the Jaguars this year. Very low on the Colts. I believe the Colts were the team that I bet on. Uh, I believe my bet for them in my season preview episode was for them to finish with the worst record in the NFL. So that just goes to show how low I am on this Colts team. I don't think Anthony Richardson is good. There's turmoil between the ownership and the players. Jonathan Taylor is going to be out at least four weeks. Um, I would have liked them to start Gardner uh, uh, Minshew to start the season over Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson is a very raw player. Um, I think he needs time to develop. I don't expect him to do well at the start of the season. And then you have the Jaguars team who were one of the better teams in the second half of the season last year. Trevor Lawrence was one of the best quarterbacks in the second half of the season last year. Went on to win a playoff game. They're a young team. Generally young teams uh, improve on a year-to-year basis. Doug Peterson uh, has proven to be the coach that the Jaguars were hoping they were getting when they signed him. They got Calvin Ridley to add into the mix now offensively. So a lot of things to like about this Jaguars team and a lot of things to not like about this Colts team. So I'm going to go ahead and fade the Colts in week one. I'll take the Jaguars minus four and a half. Next up, we've got two of my three least favorite teams in the entire NFL playing in week one. What a treat. What a joy. I'll be locked into this game. The New Orleans Saints against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I will take the Saints. I hate betting on the Saints. I have to do it though. Minus three, minus 115. Last year... And I think I said this throughout the season last year. I actually thought the Saints were a lot better than the record was. They had turnover issues. They were one of the worst teams in turning the ball over. And they're one of the worst teams in forcing turnovers. Generally, that's not usually something that carries over year to year. Now they went out and got Derek Carterby, be the quarterback who had one of the, uh, I think he was tied for the NFL lead with inter- interceptions last year. Or if not tied for the lead, he was second in the NFL interceptions last year. So I don't know if the correct answer to fixing a turnover issue was to sign Derek Carr to be your quarterback, but that's what happened anyways. But with that being said, if they can generate, uh, they can play as well as they did last year, but just not turn the ball over and slash or get some turnovers on the, of their own, get some takeaways of their own, then I think the Saints are going to be a half-decent team. The Titans, they're done. Derek Henry's finished. They're still going to hand him the ball 25 times a game, uh, but he averaged 4.4 yards per carry last year, 4.3 yards per carry last year. He's not the same Derrick Henry. You just can't carry the ball a million times a season, six years in a row, and expect to have the same production. And now they have nobody to throw to. DeAndre Hopkins is washed. He's going to be the new Julio Jones over there. They got still got Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball. I don't know how the Titans score. Uh, I will back the Saints in this one. Minus 3, minus one fifteen. Moving on. Plug your nose, ladies and gentlemen. This is the ugly, stinky bet of the day. This is the plug your nose and just jump into it and see what happens. Uh, I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals. Plus 7.5 against the Washington Commanders. But like I said at the start of this episode, or at least when I started breaking down the picks here, week 1, in my opinion, a lot of it is underreacting to overreactions and overreacting to underreactions, if that makes any sense at all. We have listened all offseason about how bad the Cardinals are going to be. Oh, they're going to have the first overall pick. Oh, Kyler Murray's not there. Oh, they released Colt McCoy. Oh, they're purposely tanking. We even saw their win total recently go all the way down to three and a half at some books. All of this has happened since the last time that we saw them actually play a game now are they going to come out and be a playoff contender no are they going to come out and win this game i mean that would be a stretch as well but now we're talking about a spread of over a touchdown not just a touchdown over a touchdown seven and a half points against the washington commanders with sam howell i don't know if the washington commanders with was sam howell and ron rivera quarterback one that had their own controversies in the preseason. Uh, apparently, the Eric enemy and the players don't get along. That's not a good sign. Ron Rivera threw his own offensive coordinator and his own players under the bus. That wasn't good. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to make them seven and a half point favorites? I don't think they should be seven and a half point favorites, even if the Cardinals end up being the worst team in the NFL. I still think... This is an overreaction to the spread. I know Joshua Dobbs is probably going to start for the Cardinals. He's only been with him for two weeks by the time he starts. The commanders seem too obvious, don't they? I was tempted. I'll be honest. I'll be tempted. to. T- I was tempted to take the Cardinals' money line. Can't do it, though. Seven and a half. I like that bet. I hate it, but for that reason, I love it. Cardinals plus seven and a half at minus 110 against the commanders. Moving on, we got um, a tough one. It is the Steelers, it is the 49ers. The Steelers, it seems like on a yearly basis, I bet against them in week one. And on a yearly basis, they come out and surprise a team. Didn't they cover against the Bills last year or the year before? Is that what happened? Not going to fall for that trick again. I'll take the Steelers plus two and a half. I feel like I've lost a decent amount of money betting against the Steelers the past couple of years i got to give Mike Tomlin the credit that he deserves, um, and maybe just maybe I just need to evaluate them to be a better team than what I keep saying they're going to be. Also, don't forget with the 49ers, George Kittle now questionable. I don't think he's practiced Monday morning. Uh, Nick Bosa has still not signed his contract with the 49ers, so he hasn't shown up, so they might be down George Kittle. They might be down Nick Bosa. That's not good news for the 49ers. Brock Purdy, huge question mark around Brock Purdy. I mean, is he gonna show up and be as good as he was last year or is he gonna look like uh Mr. Irrelevant? Can he pick it? Is he gonna take a step forward this year? Is their offensive play calling gonna be any better? I'll say one thing. If you haven't drafted any uh if you haven't done your fantasy draft yet, I would draft Jalen Warren. I traded away Najee Harris in my dynasty league, picked up Jalen Warren. I have no faith in Najee Harris. You can say what you want about him. Um Sure, he might be a workhorse back. He has been the past couple years. He's at least going to get carries at the start of the year. But I think by the end of the year, I think this is Jalen Warren's backfield. Najee Harris last season averaged 3.8 yards per carry. That ain't going to get it done in the NFL. 3.9 yards per carry is rookie season. 3.8 yards per carry last year. Not going to get it done. With all this being said, I'm still backing the Steelers. I just had a little tidbit there for Najee Harris. We'll see what Kenny Pickett does. We'll see what this receiving core does. Uh, we'll see what the defense does. I, I, I'm just going to take the home underdog here. They, I think these are both teams that for me to get a good feel on both of them, I need to see them play a few games, even more so than other teams. I feel like I just don't fully know what either of these teams are going to be this year. So I'll I'll take the home team getting points. Steelers plus uh, two and a half. All right. Uh, the last early afternoon game, I believe it is an AFC North battle here. It is Bengals Browns. Um, I am placing two totals bets this season. One was on the Falcons and the Panthers. The other one is on this game. I'm going to take under 47 and a half between the Bengals and the Browns. We saw how Joe, Joe Burrow, who looks like he's going to play as of Monday night. We saw how he did last year when he didn't play in preseason. He did not start off strong. Uh, He had a really bad start to the regular season. They picked things up as the season went along, but if he didn't play well last year, and if it was because of not participating in preseason, then I have no interest in backing him this year after not playing in the preseason. So I don't totally trust the Bengals' offense just quite yet, and I don't totally trust the Browns' offense yet because it's Deshaun Watson, and he completed 58.2% of passes last season in six starts, and he looked like trash. Now, you can say that because you could say that's because he wasn't with the team for the majority of the season, but you would have thought six games would have enough to knock off the rust. Maybe he'll look better now, uh, but I don't totally buy it. Uh, relatively high total, uh, by the way, as well. Uh, I would set this total at 46. I'm surprised it's all the way up at 47. Um, so I will take the under 47 and a half between the Bengals and the Browns. I got to see something from both offenses to uh, convince me that they're both locked in for this season. Got to see Joe Burrow play well. Got to see Deshaun Watson play well. I would lean towards both of them having an average to sub average game in week one. So I'll take the under between the Bengals and the Browns. That's the, uh that's the conclusion of the early afternoon games on Sunday. We're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back uh, with my best bets for the rest of the games, as well as my uh, teaser bet of the week and my survivor pick of the week. Be right back.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.
2: All right, let's keep things rolling with the Late afternoon slate on Sunday of week one. It is the Eagles against the Patriots, and I'm not going to hesitate to make this bet because one of the things I'm looking forward to the most this season is the complete and total implosion of the New England Patriots. Uh, I think they're going to have a terrible season. I think Bill Belichick is going to resign at the end of the year there will be rumors whether whether he was forced out or whether he left by himself but regardless i think bill belichick is gone at the end of the season i think they're gonna have like a top 10 maybe top five pick in the nfl draft the mac jones experiment will end it's going to be a beautiful season for us patriots haters and it's going to start with a week one game against the defending champs and they're only three and a half point underdogs which i thought was shocking jalen hurts is my best bet to win nfl mvp uh, the Eagles defense, once again, going to be one of the more dominant units in the NFL. I don't trust Mac Jones and the Patriots' complete lack of offensive weapons against this Eagles defense. He's going to be running for his life out there. I I mean, maybe I'm missing something, and if I try to big brain this, I would bet the Patriots, because I would say, you know, uh, it makes no sense, it's too good to be true, but sometimes the obvious bet is the right bet. I will take the Eagles, minus three and a half. It is a gift from Gambler the Gambling God that NFL Week 1 is here so i'll take uh the eagles minus three and a half afc west battle raiders against the broncos broncos are sitting at three and a half to four point favorites depending on what book you're looking at let me ask you this if this was last year's edition of the broncos so exact same broncos team as last year which basically this year is plus nathaniel Hackett, so basically what it is if nathaniel Hackett was still the coach of the broncos would you lay four points on them against this version of the raiders team I don't think I would. I don't think you would. So Sean Payton being there instead of Nathaniel Hackett, does it make them that much better to make you want to rush to the sports book to bet on the Broncos as over three-point favorites against the Raiders? Not me. Raiders might not be a great team this year. Uh, I don't think they're going to be that bad. i will take Raiders plus four. Uh, I am a Jimmy Garoppolo defender, though. I always have been. I, I got him at back my guy in Las Vegas. And hope for the best also max crosby on defense he's my bet to win defensive player of the year tyree wilson i don't know is he gonna be playing week one or not i don't know i think so uh he's that's gonna free him up a little bit they still got some weapons on offense josh jacobs Devontae adams uh hunter Renf- renfro they have some o- uh, weapons offensively i think jimmy garoppolo will be fine in that role and until i see the broncos the version of the broncos that everyone is saying is gonna show up now that sean payton is their head coach If I see it in week one, then I'll be like, okay, and then my mind will shift and start looking at the Broncos differently. But until I see that, I still have to look at this Broncos team like last year's Broncos team. I still have to get the images of their primetime game. Who was it against the Colts? One of the worst NFL games I've ever seen in my life. I have to, you know, look at, think about Russell Wilson thrown to no one i just i can't get those images out of my mind until i see something different so i'm going to take raiders plus four i just have no interest in laying four points on this broncos team a nightmare situation be laying four points on this broncos team watching their game against the raiders and then seeing the exact same team that we saw last year and then thinking that i'm an idiot for laying points on them i'm not going to do that give me the raiders plus four minus 105 uh dolphins chargers Love the Dolphins last year. Um, I think Tua does not get the credit he deserves. We'll see if he can stay healthy, but people forget Tua Tugavailoa had the third highest QBR in the NFL last season behind only Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. First in quarterback rating amongst all quarterbacks who played in at least 10 games. I say that because he was second behind Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy played nine games, so if you include all quarterbacks, he was second. If you say you had to play in 10 games, he was first in quarterback rating. Why do people think Tua stinks? Don't know. Uh, Their defense has improved, and this Chargers defense, don't forget, allowed 5.4 yards per carry on the ground last season. I think the Chargers are once again as they have been, and it hurts me to say this because I actually do kind of like the Chargers because the Chargers are kind of the Falcons of the AFC, in my opinion. Their history of just blowing leads, weird things happening, yada, yada, yada. I have a soft spot for the Chargers, but I think they are once again slightly not extremely but slightly overhyped heading into the season I think the dolphins are a little bit underrated. So dolphins plus 3 -110 against the Chargers which brings me to my money line underdog alert, money line underdog alert, money line underdog alert. My big upset of the week for week 1 of the 2023 NFL season, I'm going to take the LA Rams plus 200, 2 to 1 to beat the Seattle Seahawks, they are five-point underdogs or five-and-a-half-point underdogs, depending on where you look. I'm saying, screw the points. Give me the Rams, two to one, to beat the Seahawks in week one. Seahawks, a little bit of a feel-good story last year. They made the playoffs after projected uh, to be the worst team in the NFL. But I think they were kind of a product of a, of a short NFL schedule. Now, I've talked about this in the past, but and so people don't seem to g- disagree with me. I have brought this up when I've talked about in previous years when I've talked about teams that I think are clearly, nearly as good as a record indicates like the Titans were a couple years ago when I got into it with Titans fans all over the place the NFL has a, now a 17 game schedule look at the MLB after 17 games look at the NHL after 17 games look at the NBA after 17 games 17 ge- 17 games from a statistical standpoint is a very small sample size because of that We have teams who make the playoffs who actually aren't really that good. And you have teams that miss the playoffs that actually probably should be in the playoffs because that small of a sample size, if you have two or three games kind of go your way, coin flip games go your way, games that, you know, maybe there's a referee call here, a bad turnover here kind of go your way. If you get two or three of them go your way, that's all you need. That completely flips your season. On the other side of things, you get two or three kind of go against you. You have, you know, bad luck this game. Bad injury this other game. Bad, you know, call by the ref on a final uh, play over in this game. All of a sudden you lose three games, your season flips the other way. I think these two teams are a perfect example of that from last year. I think the Seahawks' record was a lot better than how actually good they were as a team. And I think that started the show. They almost ended up missing the playoffs. That almost seemed like a lock, like halfway through the season. And then they got blown out uh, in the first round against the 49ers, I think. And the Rams had a lot of things go wrong early in the season. And then it snowballed into a disaster season. Now, are the Rams as good as they were when they won the Super Bowl two years ago? Absolutely not. Are they as bad as they were last year? Absolutely not. I think this year they are an average team. And I think the Seahawks are an average to below average team. I think these two teams are very, very comparable heading into the season. I think five, five and a half point spread is ridiculous. I think that's an overreaction to both of the records last year. I think it's forgetting that Matthew Stafford was hurt last year. I think it's forgetting that Cooper Cup was hurt last year. I think it's forgetting that that they had a lot of injuries and they really largely threw in the towel halfway through the season. Pretty early in the season, they threw in the towel. I think the Rams take a step forward this year. I think the Seahawks take a step back. I think I see the Rams as a two to one underdog in a divisional rival game in week one. I will take Los Angeles. I won't even hesitate. Two to one Rams to beat the Seahawks. Uh then we got the Packers and the Bears. Uh, this is an also an uh an, an upset here, but it's not a big one. I'm gonna take the Packers, even money. It's a one point spread. Keep your point. I'll take the money line at even money. This is more than anything, this is not a bet on the Packers because actually. I mean, it is literally a bet on the Packers, but I'm not betting on them because I like the Packers. I actually don't like either of these teams this year, but I think the hype behind the Bears has been ridiculous. I talked about this in the season preview episode, but a team who finished last in the NFL last year, quite literally dead last in the NFL last year, they made a big signing of DJ Moore in the offseason, and now their win totals at seven and a half. People are betting on Justin Fields to win MVP. He's like the most bet on player to win MVP. I did a fantasy draft a couple of weeks ago. He was the fourth quarterback taken after Mahomes um uh Mahomes Burrow and Josh Al- or no Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and then the fourth quarterback taken was uh Justin Fields before Burrow, Lawrence. Justin Herbert, all those guys. Where does the hype come from? Justin Fields has not been good in his entire career. There's a couple flash he plays, but go look at his stats. He's like barely completing 60% of passes. He's throwing the ball all over the place for anyone who's actually watching the games. he's doesn't make good decisions. I don't believe in their coaching staff. I don't believe in uh, their offensive line. DJ Moore is a good receiver, but that's not going to all of a sudden improve this team by five. with a win total seven and a half. To beat their win total, they don't have to improve from last year by five wins. Where are those extra five wins coming from? It has made me so upset that the Bears are this overhyped that now I'm forced to bet against them in week one. So I'll take the Packers' even money on the money line. Sunday night football! Right here in New York, I should say, I guess, uh, East Rutherford. So actually across the Hudson River, uh, the Giants hosting the Cowboys. I will take the Giants plus three and a half at minus 115 this one. I was a big Giants hater last year. I didn't think they were as good as the record indicated. And they weren't. I don't really know if you can argue that. But what you can say is they did get a good coach. Brian Dable, uh, I believe he won coach of the year. A Very good NFL coach. Definitely a much better coach than Mike, yes man, McCarthy. Um, And I actually do like some of the moves that the Giants made this offseason. I do think the Giants became a better team. I don't know if the Cowboys became a better team. I don't know how, what to think about Dak. Dak took a significant step back last year. Uh, Step back last year. He made a lot of poor decisions, a lot of turnovers, a lot of interceptions. I just don't really have a lot of desire to lay three and a half points on the Cowboys on the road in week one i don't know i'd rather coach or i'd rather bet on the team getting three and a half points who's better coached who's at home who has some momentum after last year big step forward last year they have to feel good about their season i'll, I'll back the home underdogs listen if it's two and a half i'd probably take the cowboys three and a half i'll back the home team and hope it's at least a close game uh, which brings me to uh, East Rutherford, the Meadowlands here. Uh, get back-to-back, primetime games to start the season. I didn't even notice this until I was making my bets earlier today. They host Sunday night football, and then the next night, Monday night football. Uh, it is the Bills against the Jets. It is by far the game of the week. A lot of hype coming on the Jets after they signed Aaron Rodgers. This Jets team, Hawaii, uh, bet on to win the Super Bowl, I think, at one point last year. Like, 100-1. to Just because their defense was so damn good. Now they got a quarterback. They hope. And Aaron Rodgers, but it's a two and a half point spread. That's not that's not enough points for me to back the Jets. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Bills here in week one. Minus two and a half at minus one ten. I think the hype around the Jets has gotten a little bit out of control. I love their defense. I like Roberts a lot. I like this team in general. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers can return to his MVP form or even get close to it. I don't know because he wasn't good last year. I talked about earlier how much Tom Brady wasn't that good last year. Aaron Rodgers was even worse last year. Now, was that the Packers? Was that him? Was that just a bad year? I do not know. If it was over three and a half points, is if the spread was over the magic number of three, I'd consider the Jets or consider the under or something. But it's two and a half We have a Bills team that is a proven good team that we know will be in the playoffs, that will probably win the AFC East. A team that was the highest, had the highest average scoring margin in the AFC in the regular season last year at 8.6, plus 8.6. That's right, higher than the Chiefs, higher than the Bengals, plus 8.6 they had for their average scoring margin last year. The Jets, I think if they, I don't think the Jets, even if they have a good season, I don't think they're going to come out hot. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to need a little bit of time to mesh with his new receivers, even though I guess half of them are from the Packers anyways. It's just not a situation to me that lends coming out of the gates hot. It's a situation to me of, in my opinion, if the Jets have a good season, it's going to be because they get better as the season goes on. This is a tough, tough, tough spot for them in week one against the Bills. I'll take the Bills. Minus two and a half. So there you have it. Um... Or am I missing a game? Bills, Giants, Packers, Rams, Dolphins, Raiders, Eagles. No, that's it. Uh, 16 games, NFL week one. Actually, since I'm reading through them, let me just quickly recap them. I'll give you my five best bets, my teaser bet, and my survivor pick for this week. And then we'll get out of here. Starting from the top. Opening night, Chiefs minus 6.5, minus 105 against the Lions. Ravens minus 10, minus 110 against the Texans. Panthers, Falcons under 39.5. Buccaneers plus 6 against the Vikings. Jaguars minus 4.5 against the Colts. Saints minus 3 against the Titans. Cardinals plus 7.5 against the Commanders. Steelers plus 2.5 against the 49ers. Bengals, Browns under 47.5. Eagles minus three and a half against the Patriots, Raiders plus four against the Broncos, Dolphins plus three against the Chargers, Rams plus 200 on the money line against the Seahawks, Packers plus 100 on the money line against the Bears, Giants plus three and a half, and Bears minus two and a half. My five best bets for the week. Now, if your strategy is to just tail my best bets for the week, not necessarily a good strategy. In fact, I think the last two years my record, my overall win percentage was actually better on all of my bets than they were on just my best bets. So what I actually would recommend you do um, is to just, if you want to tail five bets, tail the ones that you agree with the most. Um, But I say that every single time, and still I get people messaging me wanting my five best bets. So here they are. Ravens minus 10, Buccaneers plus 6, Jaguars minus 4.5, Eagles minus 3.5, Giants plus 3.5. Or if you take Rams on the Spread Against Money line, you can toss in Rams instead of the Giants. So then it would be Ravens, Buccaneers, Jaguars, Eagles, Rams. Ravens, Buccaneers, Jaguars, Eagles, Rams. So if you're in a pick em contest, those would be the five I would go with. Teaser of the week. Now, the obvious teaser that you're going to see all over the place on social media this week is going to be, uh, part of it is, uh, the first one half of it is going to be take the Chiefs down from 6.5 down to basically minus .5, basically a pick em. Um, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to try to keep my teasers to Sundays and Mondays games because uh, for people who only listen to this on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday morning, I don't want you to not be able to play the teaser because that game has already happened. So my teaser of the week, um, I'm going to take um, the Packers from plus one up to plus seven. Reminder for teasers, you want to cross key numbers. Key numbers being three, seven, six is kind of a key number. Now that extra points are a little bit harder to get. Ten is a bit of a key number, but the main one's three and seven. By taking the Packers from plus one to plus seven, uh, we are crossing the magic number of three and we are getting to the magic number of seven. So I like P- Packers up to plus seven against the Bears. And then Rams from plus five and a half up to plus 11 and a half. Crossing the key numbers of six, seven, and ten with the rams against the seahawks so packers plus seven rams plus plus eleven and a half and is my six point teaser of the week uh, which leaves me with my survivor pool obviously we have all the teams to choose from it is a new season of survivor if you don't know survivor once again you pick one team to win each week point spreads don't matter if that team wins you advance to the next week in your pool some pools will have it where if you lose, you can buy back in for the first couple weeks. Some pools will have it where you've got to pick two a week, or usually that's later on the season. You might have to pick two in a week. Regardless, it's week one, so you got everyone. I'm going to make the most obvious choice in week one. I'm going to take the team that is favored by the most points. I'm going to take the Ravens over the Texans in week one for a few reasons. Number one, as I mentioned for why I'm betting on the Ravens to cover as well, is Harbaugh is great in uh, week one. Um, he has a cover rate of what did I say? 11 and 4 against the spread. Um, John Harbaugh. I don't, I, I have watched football for the past 20 years. For some reason, I still can't convince myself that I'm going to say the right John. John Harbaugh is the Ravens, Jim is, is Michigan. Um, Great in week one. He's a great coach in week one. Has always done fantastic in week one. Uh, Texans in a tough spot in week one with the rookie uh, head coach and a rookie quarterback. Uh, Week one is unpredictable because we don't know what teams are going to look like. We don't have any stats to base our picks off from this season. So this might be a a week that you might just want to take the obvious pick. Um, And I would generally rather use the Ravens early in the season as opposed to late in the season. Because if history repeats itself as it has for the past three years... We don't know what Lamar Jackson is going to be like late in the year. We don't know if he's going to play late in the year. He might get hurt. He might get cranky. He might get diarrhea. And we might not see Lamar Jackson in the last five weeks of the season. So if there's one really good team that I want to actually back early in the season, it's going to be the Ravens when they're healthy, when they're motivated, when Lamar Jackson is happy, uh, when he's healthy. So I'll take the Ravens in week one. The other one that is going to be a very popular one is going to be the Cardinals, or the Commanders against the Cardinals. I've told you already. That one screams potential upset to me all over the place because so many people are trashing on the Cardinals. It seems like the Cardinals then are going to come out and shock everyone. Um, obviously, the benefit of taking the Commanders is you're taking a not great team uh, early, which is going to benefit you down uh, down the road. But I'm staying away. That that screams upset to me. Uh, some other dark horse possibilities. If you don't like the Ravens, if you're listening to me and don't want to take the Commanders either, uh, you could take Saints over the Titans. I kind of like that. You could take Falcons over the Panthers. Kind of like that. You could take the Packers over the Bears. Kind of like that as well. Last, uh, the Falcons and Packers would be both divisional games, though, which can get always a little bit sketchy. I'm going to keep it simple in Week One of Survivor. I'm going to take the Ravens. Call me a square. I know I'm wasting a good team early. But it's week one. I'd rather just survive in advance right now, and keep and keep the cute plays until a little bit later in the season. So there you have it. This has been NFL, Week One of the Road to 272 Bets for the 2023 NFL season. We got a long road ahead of us. It is a grind, but we are sitting at zero, zero, and zero for zero units. I would like to get off to a strong start. Uh, being up units heading into week two would be uh, uh, feel a lot better than being down units, but who knows? Who knows which way the cookie will crumble? All I can do is pray to gambler the gam- the gambling god and hope for the best. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel Bacon Bets Podcast on YouTube. Even if you're listening to the audio version of this, it would help me out if you went over and liked this video, give it a view, subscribe to the channel leave a comment if you're if you are listening to the audio version rate and review the podcast that all helps us out um and that's it we got a long road ahead of us my friends um if you are if you are also going to bet on all 272 games this season keep me updated comment on the video on youtube with how you do each week let me know your best bets let me know which ones you agree with which ones you don't agree with leave a comment it always helps all that usual stuff that you hear from every person that's ever created the YouTube video. Thank you all so much for watching. I am very excited. Week one is here. I can't wait. Only three more sleeps until we get to watch regular season NFL football. And then another couple more sleeps after that. And then we got a f- then then we got red zone. Ooh. 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 Ooh, ooh, ooh. I got nothing left else to say. Uh, long season ahead of us. Thank you all so much. Best of luck with all your bets this week gambler bless. I'll talk to you next week for week two.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.